It's good to see you all here. Um, a very warm welcome, especially, especially if it's uh, your first time. You are very welcome amongst us, and I, I hope you enjoy our time this morning. My name's Sean, and I'm, uh, I'll be hosting this morning to just share a few things. Um, so the children will be going out roughly after the third song, which will be about quarter to two. The second song, Jules will be doing wonderful actions down here at the front on the stage, and she'd love as many children and uh, anyone else that wants to come down and do the actions to come and join her down here. So that's the, the second song. If you have a contribution, a word, prophecy, prayer, we love to be able to hear them and we love to be able to fit them in at the right time in a meeting, so please come forward to the front here and have a chat with me and we'll work out how that can best fit in. Just as we were praying earlier, I, I had a, a picture of a Cornish coastline. Now, for, I am Cornish, so it had to be a Cornish coastline. Other coastlines are available, but this one was a Cornish one. But it was a you know, granite, rugged coastline. It looked fantastic with the waves crashing against it. But as I was just enjoying the view, as it were, God reminded me of the years of the sea crashing in and the wearing of this rock slowly over many, many, many centuries uh, and, and how it had come to a point of so much beauty. And I felt God just remind me that although our, in our own lives life may be tough at times, God is creating something of great beauty in our lives. God is in control. He is always with us and he knows what the finished article is going to be. And so just as we start this morning, I think it's good to remember that we can trust our God. He is worthy of our praise and we can delight in him this morning, even if life seems really tough and the, you know, the waves are crashing in. God has something beautiful within us that he is building. So Nathan's going to lead us in our worship. Let's uh, delight and glorify our God this morning. Thanks, Sean. Good morning. It's good to be together this morning. Why don't we stand to our feet if you're able? Let's just pray. Father, we are gathered here today to worship you. We're gathered to fix our eyes on you. No matter what's going on in our lives, we fix our eyes on you. King Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, we fix our eyes on you. We say, would you strengthen us this morning? Would your hand be upon us that we would know your love and your delight upon us? Heavenly Father, be glorified in our time of worship today. We want to use our bodies, Lord, to worship you and to give you the glory. And we want to sing our songs of praise and worship to you as well. We pray, Lord, stir us, stir us, Holy Spirit. Be amongst us, Holy Spirit. Stir up the gifts of the Spirit amongst us. And be glorified. In Jesus' name.
has been and my time has come still Sing of your love forever. I could 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 sing of your love forever. I
through times don't we in our lives where it's easy to sing of the love of the Lord and we're just going yeah God you're so good you're so good in every way and we go through times where it's really hard and it's good just to sing of the love of the Lord you've never failed me yet he's never failed us always faithful as our emotions go up and down he remains steadfast faithful worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Beside you, 
will build my life. your blessing Lord Jesus upon our children and our children's workers we pray that they would know you to be their firm foundation this morning draw them close to you we pray as they go downstairs right now bless them we pray meet with them in power we ask in Jesus name children parents you can head out through the doors to my right and your left hope you have a great morning Just where we are this morning, let's just receive what God has for us. The God of love is here. Wanting to bring comfort and peace. Wanting to bring strength and power. Wanting to bring 
reassurance that we are loved children of the King. You're our firm foundation, Lord. Where else would I turn? Where else would I turn but you? Through every high and every low, you're the firm foundation. You're close in every season. Draw close, Lord. Draw close, Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. in his blood this is my story
to my knees to the king of all kings you're abounding in grace you're my song of praise I fall to my knees to the king of all kings you're abounding in some just to come and rest in God's presence is, is just wonderful it's a delight for others who may be struggling it can be difficult and we're all in different places and so when God gives us words or passages of scripture sometimes you think oh maybe that doesn't apply to me but maybe it applies to somebody else and so we're just going to have a um, Roger's going to bring something and then Peter's going to share a passage of scripture and then I'm, I'm just going to pray on the top of that. But uh. Many years ago I worked in the computer industry and I worked for a manufacturer of a high-speed printer before lasers and I was like support. And um, I went, to, I got called out to someone who couldn't fix his printer it's somewhere and I arrived and I said to the guy, have you done that? Yeah, I've done that. I, and I said, um, I think I'll try this. Oh, I've done that, he said. And I said, well, let's do this. And he said, oh, I've done that. And I looked him in the eyes and said, if you've done all that you've said you've done, it would be working, but it isn't. And sometimes in baking, as you know, I bake a bit, um, people say, well, why does it not rise? Or why does it sink? And I follow all the recipe and I do it all right, but it doesn't. 
well, obviously something is wrong because I could follow the recipe and I don't know why, but it works. So some of you in your Christian life are doing what you think are the right things. You're doing this, you're doing that, whatever it may be, but things aren't right. So you need to ask God this morning, what's wrong? What am I, I think I'm doing right, but what am I not doing right? Because there's something you're not doing right. Ask God and he will tell you. mentioned twice this morning by uh, Sean and uh, Nathan and indeed Roger in a way. This is Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore since we are justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which he has given us. I'm just going to, I want to pray. Lord, I thank you that... Uh, You've poured out your spirit upon each one of us, your hope, your joy, your love, indeed your salvation, Lord, is for all those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, not just some, but all those who receive him as Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, you don't have favorites, you don't bless some more than others. But actually, you love each of us far more than we can possibly imagine. And Lord, I just want to pray for those who maybe are struggling this morning, maybe suffering in various ways, whether that's sickness, sadness, depression, anxiety, fear. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring transformation? Would you bring healing, Lord? Would you touch each of our lives in the way that we need to know you more? Lord, I pray for, for those who just are struggling to know you. Lord, would you bring fresh revelation, that fresh joy from you? Holy Spirit, would you come? I want to wash over this place.
Lord, we just ask be glorified in our lives. May we know that we are truly loved by the living God. That you dwell in us. That you are for us and not against us. Thank you, Lord. stand again if we're able to sing how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God splendor of the king with the splendor of the king He's the 
the name above all names, higher than every other name. As we've heard about this morning, we want to come and lift our eyes to you, King Jesus. We want to bring our prayers and our requests. We want to bring our emotions and, and our lives before you. And we want to declare, God, you are the King on the throne. You reign. You're Lord of all. You're the name above all names. Where else would we turn? Where else would we turn but to you? Where else could we find hope, full assurance of hope, but you? How great is our God. How great you are, Lord. We love you. We're going to take our seats now, and Rob's going to come and bring God's message to us today. Thank you, guys. It's really lovely. Really felt you're bringing us closely into God's presence. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. I'm part of the leadership team. Today, we're going to be bringing to a conclusion the series been looking, we've been looking at, Walking with God. And I think that the previous weeks, God has been laying a firm foundation for us to actually begin to understand some really difficult things in society, issues, connections, and helping us to work through that. And I think we've been able to build some really key foundations and I think we're beginning to address many contentious issues about identity, gender, and sexuality that can often be avoided by the worldwide church. And whether we like it or not, these things are impacting on our own lives and the lives of those around us, in our family, in our friends, day by day. So some of these issues have relatively clear answers and direction. And others have made us think really hard as we have grappled with a constantly changing world and the view of the world that changes so often and can sometimes, quite often I suppose, be opposed to the truth in God. And then we are in a position where we're seeking how can we continue to live in God's grace in all this change that's happening. It can be very uncomfortable. And for some of us, extremely uncomfortable. But I'm really thankful 
that as a part of God's church, we have not been afraid to seek God to lead us through his word. And we've been seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit to understand these issues more. And I do believe that through God's grace, we've all begun to address some of these complex, difficult issues. And we as elders really want to say that we appreciate the efforts that people have made to actually come on this journey with us and try to understand what God is saying and reach out to God to reveal himself to them. And there are still many conversations to be had, and that includes us as elders too. So thank you for your efforts so far and, and your contributions. But please do come and talk to leaders of Harvest Church if there are other things there that you think we need to discuss and need to talk about so we can journey in Christ together. Together. Now, a common expression that I often hear amongst young people, and to be fair, also those who are a lot older, is I just want to be free to do what I want. I want to discover for myself who I am. And I want to find true happiness. And I think that is a genuine longing that God puts in our hearts. Because that is his desire for us. That is his desire for us. So as we bring this series to a conclusion, let's just ask this question. Where do we find true freedom? And how can we each experience this freedom daily, day by day? So we're just going to turn to Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. If not, I'm going to read it for you, so don't worry. And it's there up in front of us as well. So Galatians 5, and starting at verse 13, the, the NIV gives it a little title, Life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. You see, if, God, if, so if we actually want to be free, God says in his word that we are actually called to be free. And he says we can achieve his freedom by walking by the Spirit. We don't have to arrange an appointment. We don't have to phone somebody up or wait in a queue or send 15 emails to get a response. The Holy Spirit is with us 24-7 to walk and talk with us without fail, without question. He is there. He is always with us. He loves to abide with us. He's always ready to respond. He is faithful and honest. He encourages and corrects. He laughs with us. He cries with us. He challenges us. He corrects us. 
And isn't he the most wonderful companion for each of us? Because he reminds us who we really are, and he wants us to know true freedom in him. We can identify several ways that we can know true freedom in God. The first one, we can know freedom from anything that impacts on our relationship with God, any negative impact. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, this world is full of rules and regulations and some kind of punishment if we don't keep to them. But Christ sets us free from those rules and punishments. He sets us free from the lies of the enemy. Through Christ, we can know freedom and distinguish it from deception and cheating. We can know freedom from legalism because God's grace brings freedom for each one of us. And we need to be alive in God's freedom, don't we? So that through him, we can recognize anything that is beginning to impact on our lives and limiting our freedom. And through God's power, we can be strong enough to speak out against these restrictions and be able to know God's freedom from anything, anything that would spoil our relationship with him. Surely that is our goal, to have a close, day-by-day relationship with him. And secondly, in him we have freedom to say no to anything that would lead us away from him or lead to conflict with him. We have that freedom to say no. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but... Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. This is a promise. For sin shall not have domination over you, for you are not under law, but grace. You're not under law, but grace. I think we often, as we get older, whether we are teenagers, middle age, or older age, We often know those areas of temptation in our own lives. They might be different for many of us. We're not the same as each other. There may be different things where we feel temptation. Whether it's an old habit that keeps springing up again. Or a new temptation that has grabbed our attention. Or something we've taken on board almost without realizing. But once we sense or recognize that something is leading us away... From the Lord, we need to repent. We need to ask God to give us strength, his strength, his wisdom to say no and to be able to keep to it. And thirdly there, Jesus gives me freedom to be who God wants me to be. We're individuals. We're not all the same. We're all different. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And John chapter 8, verse 36 says, So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's the promise from Jesus. 
If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We are free in Jesus to say yes to living the life that God has planned for each of us. To know God's freedom, to experience his love and his goodness every day. Not just once in a while, but every day. And God gives us freedom to obey and love him above everything else. We have freedom to listen to God. Freedom to put God first in everything. And that leads us into a choice that we have to make. And we all have to make this choice, probably not just once, but continuously as we journey with God. Are we going to follow the way of the Lord? Are we going to follow what God is teaching us and showing us to do? Or are we going to follow the way of the world that seems easier maybe, maybe even seems to be good, but ultimately if it's not in God's plan, it brings misery, probably guilt and despair. So in other words, we need to choose whether we walk with God on his path or whether we choose to walk along the world's path. I was reminded when I was actually preparing this of uh, Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, a book which I suppose a lot of people don't read these days. But it's all about actually finding that true path with God. We need to choose whether we walk with God on his path or whether we choose to walk along the world's path. And there's no mix and match. You know, often today we have a mix and match situation. We have some of this and some of that, put it all together. But in God, if we're mixing and matching with God, that leads us to confusion and despair. You know, over thousands of years, if you look through Scripture, you'll see the enemy has used various methods to deceive people, to trick them into leaving his path and choosing the wrong path. In today's society, I think, I suspect, that he has a much easier job to confuse people because there's so much information out there. It's so easily accessible now through the internet, through phones, etc. I'm not saying they're bad things. It's just that it leads to an increased desire for people to find out more, to get more information, and then to desire to experiment, to try something new. And many people now thrive on the idea of being different and standing out from the crowd, which is not always wrong by any means. But sometimes that leads them into a difficult choice. The motto that often seems to be thrown around is, be the person that you want to be. Be the person that you want to be. But that leads us away from God, doesn't it? Be the person that God wants you to be, that Jesus wants you to be. So we have that choice. We can choose the world's path. And if we choose that path, it often means turning away from God, turning away from his word. Choosing what seems to be fun and exciting. As we said, to be myself. And often that leads to us, if we follow that path, putting our relationship with God on hold. Or even ending that relationship. Or becoming more and more legalistic about things. And people who follow that path end up deceived, confused about God. And maybe they even start to blame God for the things that are happening in their lives. But what about choosing God's path? And it is a choice. 
God never forces anybody, never makes people do things. It's a choice we have to walk with God. We can choose to be with God through thick and thin, whatever the cost. And there is a cost involved for all of us. There's a cost. And sometimes it is very expensive for us to actually choose to be with God. But when we choose to be with God, our mistakes and our poor choices as we come to him are forgiven. And we can enjoy being with God in his company. Because it leads us to a closer relationship with God. And it enables us to bring others close to God so they can also know him. So how can our church love people who don't yet know God? Perhaps there are some of those people on the world's path or maybe in between stepping into God's path some days and stepping away some other days. How can we reach out to people so they can join us as we walk with God? You know, there are so many groups of people now in society and they feel abandoned by God. Abandoned by God's people even just abandoned by society. They feel they don't have a voice or don't have a place to be. And I believe as a church, we can make a huge difference to people's lives without compromising the word of God. We don't want to compromise the word of God. The word of God is what we live by. So what can we do? You may have come across an author called Andrew Walker. He is a Christian. And he's done a lot of work looking at the transgender debate. And we can look at the ideas that he has in terms of how we can be more accepting of people without compromising God's truth to help us to understand people who may have different views to us. And it's not just about transgender and sexuality. In many, many different ways, there are different people who don't know God and are following a different path. So the first thing we need to think about is we need to show true compassion. As I was thinking about this, God just gave me just a simple picture of two men coming into Harvest Church. One was with his wife, who's her husband and the children, and they were holding hands. And the other person was holding hands with a person of the same gender. And I thought, honestly, how would we react in that situation? If we're honest, who would we tend to go and greet first? But our response to anyone who comes through the door into the church is to say, you are welcome here. You are welcome. We are glad to see you. And Andrew says, too often our churches give the impression that the Son of Man came to seek and save good people, not the lost. He came to save everybody, including the lost. We were lost at one time. And we need also to learn to listen to people's hearts. It's a strange expression, isn't it? Listen to people's hearts. Listening to what is important to them, what, it, what drives them, what actually they're all about. It may be different to us. We may have clear ideas about our theology. We may think we have worked out all the answers. 
For God made us with both heads and hearts, with thoughts, with feelings, with desires. And if we are going to reach someone's heart, we need to first listen to their heart. Do we listen to their struggles? Do we listen listen to their issues? Do we try to understand how they feel about different things? Do we get to know them and try to understand the journey that they're on? And we also need to be a convictional community, Andrew says, Andrew White. Now, when I first read that phrase, I thought, what does he mean by that? What's a convictional community? And then it just came to me, and I realized, as I read a bit more, exactly what he's saying. To trust Jesus is to understand truth, and by understanding that truth, to experience freedom. John 8, verse 31 and verse 32 says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if a church community is to be a lifeline of hope to those who are struggling with different things and to do with gender and identity issues, perhaps gender dysphoria, then the church must be committed to biblical truth. Why is that important? Why must we be committed to biblical truth? It's not because it feels good or it feels right but it's because God's word allows us to offer a word of hope and reconciliation. And we can only offer this message if we believe it is true. And we should not shy away from holding out truth, but equally, if we use truth as a weapon against those coming to grips with what discipleship means, woe to us. Depending on our character, and probably our upbringing too, we tend to bend either towards love or truth. They're sort of like two different ends of a path. And the struggle is to work with God on the one we bend away from. Sometimes we bend away from love towards truth, and sometimes we bend away from truth towards love. Some of us might bend away always the same way. Some of us might be bending different ways at different times. But what we do, if we're not careful, is we reject love or we reject the truth, one or the other. And that leaves us in a place where we are lost because we need truth and we need love. Andrew White says, if you or your church tends to listen and love, but bend the truth in your attempt to love, the challenge is this, hold to the truth even as you love. Remember that loving someone isn't the same as agreeing with them. And sometimes loving someone requires you to disagree. But for those of us tempted to teach truth without love, the challenge is this. Don't neglect love, because after all, love wins a hearing for the truth. We need both love and truth to be balanced in our lives. And the fourth one there, we need to be a community who live by God's grace. This is so important for us as individuals, but as a, as a fellowship together. 
Have you noticed, and I haven't counted, I must admit, how Paul's letters in the New Testament often begin and end with words of grace? When Paul was speaking, he spoke the truth in love, but he always ended his words with words of grace. What does grace tell me? It tells me I fall short, and so do you. It tells me I'm still loved by God, and so are you. It tells me grace is there for me in my repentance, and for you in yours. It tells me I can be forgiven, and so can you. It tells me not to feel proud, because we're not saved by anything that we do. It tells me not to despair, for by grace we have been saved and we are being remade in grace. So we need to look at this, don't we, and think, if our church is marked by one thing, shouldn't it be grace? The grace that always welcomes, that always goes the extra mile, that always forgives and never says, enough. How wonderfully odd it is to consider that Jesus saves us not by removing us or our challenges from this world, but by giving us the strength to face those challenges together. When we are challenged, God gives us the strength to face those challenges with him. So as we just draw to a conclusion, let's just think about this. Let's always remember, as a body of God, as a church, God gives us strength individually and collectively. He gives us strength to be a people of grace. A people where everyone, no matter what their background or the struggles they face, find that homes are open and that family is offered. A people whose door is open rather than the drawbridge being drawn up. A people who listen well and love well rather than falling into the trap of stereotyping or lecturing. And if we are a part of Harvest Church, I believe that our God is calling us to serve that end, to be that kind of people so that we can reach out to those around us so that we can actually love those around us, offer God's grace to those around us, and keep the door always open. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word of truth. We thank you too for your love. And we just pray, Father, that we would understand more about how we can operate in truth and operate in love. And Father, we pray that you would continue to enable us to live in your grace. Help us to understand your grace. Help us to understand how to live in your grace. How to act towards others in your grace. How to speak to others in your grace. How to be people that live by your truth, but also know how to love and live in grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Rob. Um, so we're going to be taking communion now. Communion is a time to remember. What are we remembering? We're remembering that Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty for sin. We're remembering that he took our place. The punishment that we were due, he took. And uh, it's a simple, some bread and some juice, but it's a reminder of Christ's broken body and his blood poured out for us. Jesus was sharing a Passover meal with his disciples. This was where they were remembering God saving Israel out of slavery um, hundreds of years before. And Jesus was sharing a simple meal with his disciples and he said this. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In a moment, uh, there's opportunity. There's four tables around the room. On this particular table, there's some little uh, packs which are gluten-free. So that's on this table over here if you... Uh, need gluten-free. It's an opportunity to share together. I suggest we're going to just spend a few minutes sharing together, maybe praying together. Maybe you want to take um, the bread and the juice to someone who sat and uh, just share together. But this is a simple meal for all those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So even if you're not a regular of this church, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can partake in this simple meal. I'm going to pray and then uh, invite folk to, uh, to go and take. Lord, we thank you for this, what is incredible sacrifice. It's not just a man dying on a cross, but it is God come down to pay the penalty for this, of the sin of those he created. Lord, it's incredible. It's so incredible. And yet it is the truth, Lord Jesus, that you died to set us free. You allowed your body to be broken and your blood poured out that we might live our sins forgiven added into your family, your love lavished upon us, your mercy displayed. And this is what we remember, that we are your children. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. Like to uh, up and, yeah, go on. That's great.
Now on a throne. Now on a throne of majesty, the Father's will complete. He reigns in victory. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah to the King. He is worthy to receive all the worship we can bring. What he's done, what he's done, all the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven, my future is heaven, I praise God for what he's done, what he's done. He's done all the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven, my future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. I praise God for what He's done. 
Lord, we, Lord, we lift up your name. We want to glorify and praise you for what you've done for us. Your tremendous love took you to that cross, Lord. We are forgiven, accepted, part of your family. And we thank you for this amazing grace. Lord, may we indeed be those who seek to share your love, your grace to those around us. To not to hide away, but to be Christ to those that we live with, those we work with, those we meet day by day. To show your love in the community, wherever we go, Lord. And I just pray that you would bless each and everyone here, they might know your presence and your love, your Holy Spirit at work in their lives, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're just basically going to wrap up now. I just want a couple of notices. A reminder that uh, if you're new to the church and uh, this afternoon we've got a, a welcome tea, so some wonderful cake some uh, drinks. Uh, it's at 4.30 here in the, the cafe area right there. If you'd like to come and uh, meet some of the leaders here at the church, you are very, very welcome. Just uh, come along. 4.30, it's for an hour. 4.30 today. So uh, please do come along. Next Sunday evening, we've got our church meeting here again, 7.30 p.m. And uh, all those who are, feel that they're part of Harvest Church or are looking in, are, are, you know, please do come along. So that's 7.30 next Sunday evening. If you are a guest, as I, as I said at the start, you are very welcome. And I hope you were welcomed by some of our welcome team and given a Connect card and a welcome pack. Please do fill that card in and put it in the box over there. And for anything else... Uh, Information-wise, please do see our, up, our weekly update. So we've overrun just by a few minutes. Uh, parents, please do collect your children now and uh, yeah, thank the children's workers. And uh, tea, coffee and refreshments in the cafe area. Thank you.